The following program contains coarse language and nudity. Discretion is advised. Hey there, folks. This is Kristen Williams with another Trans Advocate podcast. And today we have back... Robin Mack, I'm back! Yay! In a green shirt. In a green shirt. <laughs> yes. And red hair. Yes. And we have... Alexis. Shirt. <laughs> and I have a and black a shirt, shirt, of course. <laughs> Just to match your eyes. <laughs> well, how are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? I'm happy to be back. I was I'm enjoying that... our podcast yes. while I was gone. Dylan was amazing. And, Dylan. Uh, Allie, yeah. it was fun to hear about. All... I didn't know all the things that she is an advocate for, so it was really great to see I that. don't think Allie knew either until she started rolling. <laughs> Once she got rolling, and then I like, supported this, go! And, then I, and then I got behind that, and then, and then I just kept steamrolling. And then, oh yeah, I saw her chain to the fence. I know about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Spectrum South is always great. I think Mm -hmm. that would be a great partnership to keep hearing from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I really didn't know much about them. I'd heard them just kind of in the community. But, you know, after hearing from them, I actually went to their site and checked it out. And it's really a good site. I love their... um, I don't know, e, what do you say, e-magazine appeal? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the perfect mm-hmm. oh, time yeah. to start one of those. It makes it look really great. And the interesting thing in the podcast that I hadn't really thought about is that they're trying to do, they're trying to cover the South, mm-hmm. not just yes, this area or exactly. anything else. Maybe I hadn't paid any attention. That does get complicated. And yes, you start talking does. about larger areas and, <laughs> and how she, um, they want to grow readers and writers. And you just start talking about, and then this is the South, and then this is the South. And it's like, oh, not all just Houston. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, the hmm. South is Houston, hmm. damn it. Hmm. <laughs> Houston starts to look like a pretty big city when you start talking about some of these other places. <laughs> so I have a little like bit Paris, of... Paris, Texas? Yeah. <laughs> I have a little bit of housekeeping. Okay, let's so, um, I, I have a lot to... of housekeeping, but if we aren't talking about that, I'm yeah. guessing. So, did you hear, we're, we're, we have a giveaway mm. for this podcast. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do are we, are we have giving you... away Robin? Well, we're giving, <laughs> we're giving away Susan Stryker book. Oh. Susan Stryker's <laughs> you book. You have <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did you? Uh, we've had Susan Stryker down here, right? Oh, we have. Yeah, that's, she's that's been right. here so many times. That's you wouldn't right. Believe, yeah, it yeah like. she she was at the archive and signed all of her works and stuff. Yep. I recall that. She was and then after that, she was, at our Unity Banquet. And then she was at the Unity Banquet. Uh-huh. And then she was at Rice last. Oh yeah, January. yeah. January. The, the Gender mm-hmm. and Sexuality Center mm-hmm. um, with Brian Riedel hosting. Brian, at yeah, Rice Brian's University. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. went and saw that talk. Oh, and it was great. It was really great. It was about. Um, kind of she morphed where we're at with our current politic paradigm in like she overlaid that with a trans conversation interesting so you know what it's like to transition transform and inspire yourself and then stay inspired while politics are transitioning transforming and aren't inspiring you know okay (laughs) not necessarily in a good way because it could be a pretty bummer sort of conversation right now right? it can be it could uh, be it could be without community it definitely would be it was a good talk and it was it was looking it kind of segued into her book so i'm Mm -hmm. sure a lot Mm -hmm. of people would be interested in uh reading that so her book is the second edition of transgender history Mm -hmm. um and what's cool is 
the trans advocate is cited in this book uh, for some of the history that uh, Susan talks about. I thought that was rather interesting. So, um, you know, so we're getting a copy for the archive. So mm-hmm. we'll have a, a, a new copy for the archive. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also giving away a copy, a brand new copy of the her second edition of Trans History. That's a big deal. Um, yeah, so... She's with the Seal Press, and they're pretty yes, great. Yes, Seal Press. That's mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. Um, so uh, Seal Press reached out to us to see if uh, someone, one of our listeners perhaps, would like a free copy. Yes. So um, if you're interested in getting a copy of the... Uh, Susan Stryker's Transgender History, all you need to do is go to the transadvocate.com and there on the front page, on the side of the front page, you will see a little place to sign up to enter uh, our drawing to give away um, this this book. I think we should keep this going. I think that, you know, I Alexis, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, but like half of your garage is full of giveaway stuff, isn't it? Just air out your dirty laundry, girl. I, I, really, I, I think you're wrong. But. It's, actually, it's actually more than half. Yeah, she has I, just I, enough space for I've her been in your room. office. I think it's more than half. Plus, there's another just, half room in my just house. Just enough space for a and little room. We have storage, also. Don't forget. Yes. Oh, that's yes. right. Our trans storage. You know, but but. We do have stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I do like the idea of keeping a giveaway well, going. So if somebody signs up and they enter, but they also decide that they want to join our Patreon list. And oh, that. that's right. We do have a Patreon. Are we going to give what? another What's entry? What's a Patreon? Let's keep this party well, going. Well, a Patreon is this thing that you can do where you can materially support the work that we do at the Trans Advocate. That means that whenever you read a story that someone's put in a month of working on, mm-hmm. because they live in Russia and they want to tell you about what it's like to be in Russia and do trans advocacy, or they live in uh, Brazil and they're facing an incredible murder rate and they want to talk about what it's like to be trans Brazil and do trans advocacy in Brazil. Or, you know, you've got someone like me that wants to write about all this theory and whatnot or history um, or, you know, something happened Mm -hmm. in the community and no one's covering it. And so uh, a writer from the trans advocate does cover it. If you want to support that, and all you've got is a dollar. Mm-hmm. That's enough. A you know that American that's a okay, wait, 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 wait. We aren't saying that you can't give more. Oh, you can definitely <laughs> give more. Just, just saying. We'd be super grateful to you if you do. But if what you legitimately can do is just a dollar, I do really want to support that ethic in the community because one thing we have learned since the age of Trump mm-hmm. is that you know. Who we are as a people, our freedoms, the things that we value, it's rooted in community. It's rooted in um, being supportive of your community <laughs> and being... I'm sorry, I can't hear anything after you're saying it since the age of Trump. I'm just like, well, it is the age oh, of Trump. No. Okay. It's it like we've turned into Trumpenstein or something. It's but like... We, we were community-based before that. Well, yes, we were. Okay. We absolutely were uh, community-based. But what's happened since Trump is a lot of the people who were sitting on their ass on the sidelines Mm -hmm. discovered, oh, shit, like, you know, 
my friend who's going to school mm-hmm. and who's queer uh, doesn't have protections anymore. Ooh. They and, never did. It's just that they didn't ooh. need them quite well, as bad. Well, right. a- actually, you know, they had recourse under Obama, mm-hmm. you know, and under the uh, you know, Department of Education. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a tool to use. If, if, yeah, exactly. We had all of those things, mm-hmm. but we don't have them now. We don't. And the way that we get them back, the way that we take action is community. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I think being supportive of your community is a good thing. Absolutely. So having said all of that, you were saying, Alexis, Patreon. I don't remember. Right. Well, <laughs> Patreon. Uh, yeah, yes. Patreon's a platform that can you can donate money that will and, directly support the writers. And, for and you pick the, the level you're comfortable with, yeah. and mm. it will automatically donate it monthly, if I'm not correct, or some period of time. I think, yeah, I think that's okay. the way that it you, runs. You can set that yeah. up and... Then we you know we get your money. It they don't take too much out of it, which is a really good thing. And that's mm. actually how we pay our writers. That's important mm-hmm. to know the background. And, of if, like and how if you much didn't know, we do actually take. pay writers. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are certain very well known platforms that are popu- popular in the kind of progressive sphere where they pay you in uh, experience mm-hmm. and gratitude. So you take Aww. your experience and gratitude, and you go buy your groceries with it. Apparently. Aww. So is that what mm-hmm. they get for your, your hard work? <laughs> um, that, <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people who have written for this particular platform and uh, they found that they cannot, in fact, feed themselves off of experience and gratitude. Oh, well, those breathitarians give it a really good <laughs> try. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've often wondered just how long they stay with that plan. <laughs> I've had people explain it, and, and it's like, yeah, but how long Aww. do you stick with that diet? <laughs> so if you appreciate the work that the Trans Advocate's doing, donate through the Patreon. And if you can't donate now, then share. And if you can sign up for it, you might win a book or something from Alexis's garage. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're just selling this like hotcakes. <laughs> my, my, concern, when, my concern is... What For those of us who know Alexis, it's a really. (laughs) She has a really great garage. (laughs) Really great house, too. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah. So, I, I had somebody asking me. Well, what kind of people do you, some, you know, I, I know you have a lot of people that you do things and use your house for meetings and that. What mm. kind of people do you have over? And I'm like, interesting ones. <laughs> very, very interesting ones. And then I love it when we uh, host parties here or groups here uh, for TFA. And I always say like, well, how many people can your household? And you say, what, how, what, what do you say? Anywhere from... Oh, I mean, we can easily handle 200, yeah, 200. maybe 300 if you wanted to. <laughs> Most people don't think about their house that way. Yeah. <laughs> that was the idea. Oh, 200. Just feel we, free to invite. We, we can have three meetings that don't interrupt each other. Yeah. Four if we are a little bit quiet in two of them. And probably five, actually, now that I'm thinking about That's it. Perfect. Without That's a perfect. lot of trouble. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, Again, if you want to enter for the giveaway, just go to the Trans Advocate and sign up. We'll have a little special giveaway sign up link right there on the front page. Click that. Give us your information where you would like to send the book. So FYI, 
if you tell us that you want to receive the book at your home, that's where it would go. If you have a P.O. box and you give us your home address, it's going to your home address. Mm-hmm. You have to verify where you want it to go. Yep. And if you put some random address in, oh well. <laughs> that, that's who got your book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so just go to the trans advocate sign up and uh we will, pick... <laughs> we will pick we will some people email they're like well i don't live there anymore or i just moved or can you can you actually can you actually resend that or send that send that one particular bo- like once it's there it's there there's a party involved that took it there that's not us <laughs> It doesn't work that way. So those of you who are wondering what Robin is talking about, Robin uh, is co-author of this particular Mm -hmm. uh, project called... Yeah, the gender book. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And and, And, and she mailed a couple of them out to people. (laughs) Just a couple. We we had a platform, Indiegogo, which is, uh, you know, we we had to find out the difference between Indiegogo and Kickstarter, and it was uh, funded quite well by the community, and so that's what... The community can do so much, and uh, the books that were purchased through this one go through the month of December actually had us sending books to 68 different countries, which wow. sounds really great. Until on, you go to mail them. Until you go to mail them. <laughs> you know? and, and so I've made really great friends with our postal service people. <laughs> and, and I have to say, if you want to get your mail, that's the best thing to do. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, the people at my post office know yeah. me first name. Like the other day, they came by with something and said, I think this goes to you. They've got a totally wrong address, but I'm sure it's yours. And they were right. Yeah, if you haven't heard of The Gender Book, go to thegenderbook.com and, and you can actually uh, skip the whole book process and download it for zero for donation and just read about you know what are maybe some things that you're missing around the conversation of gender but the hardback books are cooler yeah the hardback books are super cool yeah yeah super super cool and we've you uh, have the gender booklet too we have the gender booklet so if you're a zine fiend go ahead and download that and that can be really fun for all the tabling events that are about Mm -hmm, to start mm -hmm. with pride week and pride month and colleges uh going in through the summer so a lot of people need tabling support and we're actually going to be doing a talk if you're local in houston at p flag this next month uh, march 11th with p flag houston we're going to be talking about there's this whole cis thing and trans thing and we get the binary conversation but how do we be better allies to all the other different labels in between mm-hmm. and and the ipso gender ipso gender ipso gender mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. I have this blank look on my face. Okay, they can't see it. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I uh, ipso yeah. gender. Yeah. So, is this uh, like ipso facto gender? So uh, there's like you know there's cis and trans mm-hmm. and so people who are intersex and uh, who later transition, they're like, okay, my experience is not of someone who is female transitioning to male or male transitioning to female my experience is that i was i was said i i i was told that that was this one thing and then went through these medical procedures Mm -hmm. to make me conform to this Mm -hmm. and the truth is that was never my truth Mm -hmm. that was not who i am 
And then I had to go through this whole transition process again. Mm-hmm. To, to get back to what I should have been to begin uh, with. Exactly. Not, not what it was the other way, which is why we're working on getting laws passed so, to make yeah, that so, stop anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the community wanted a word to be able to talk about that experience mm-hmm. instead of having that experience erased. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, That's the, really the, when, it, when you have that binary it is being rhetorically erased. You mm-hmm. don't consider mm-hmm. it. You don't think that that's going on. So, yeah. Uh, when when but, Dylan was here, I was at uh, the University of Clear Lake uh, talking to social workers about the, mm. the, the just a conversation of gender, how they can impact minorities as social workers, and. It was great. About half the class actually read the book that they were assigned, and <laughs> and, and they they came with questions. Not and, bad, and, actually. And, that's yeah, actually that's good. It was pretty good. Exactly. It was pretty good. It was on Valentine's Day, and they showed up. I mean, they're they're committed. <laughs> they're committed, right? And um, it's it's a very beautiful night. And what I can say is, is after hmm, quite a few years of doing talks, gender one hundred and one talks, we now have a good amount of people that know the word trans we now have a good amount of people that know the concept of trans but it's still very binary like oh, yes. i get trans because mm-hmm. i've seen caitlin jenner so you just <laughs> you just do this like hormone surgery thing and then you're fine right like you were born one way you just cross the rainbow and you're get off on the other bus you know three, three hours and four hundred thousand dollars you're good right you know <laughs> and and it's it's actually really great to see that some people can be in the conversation for that long. <laughs> and, what? you know, and then they have questions about what about all these other little nuances in between mm-hmm. and these, these, you know, what could be really big or small, depending on how you size these groups of people, like a gender or gender queer or third gender or hijra. Like, I mean, how do you populate this? How do you mm-hmm. say, you mm-hmm. know, if they're valid, if they're not valid, should you know all about them? What do they look like? Who do they date? Like, it's, it's such a long conversation. <laughs> and, well, and, and, and it, it's funny because Saturday I was talking with some people from another group mm-hmm. and I made one of my normal comments, which is, you know, we're confusing, not confused. I, use, I, I quote <laughs> Alexis right. every and, time. And, and I mean, that, 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 that's my thing because we are mm-hmm. confusing. And if you yes. say we aren't, then you just haven't tried yeah. hard enough. <laughs> it's like, let, let's talk for a while. We'll make sure you're yeah. confused. And, and it's a fact. And you have to understand uh-huh. that. They, they totally love that comment. They never it, heard it. it. And I'm really like, well, you works. can use it. You don't even have to. It don't really even have, works. Mm-hmm. And it does. And that's the whole thing. And, <laughs> and a lot of time, you know, people do assume that because they don't understand all of this stuff around mm-hmm. everything that we all deal with, that we're just confused. It's like, no, no not really. No. It, we, you understand know, we, we understand it. <laughs> it's just confusing. And it is. And as I'm giving the conversation, I mean, you know, and they have very valid questions. Like, what's the likelihood of me ever seeing somebody under this branch of trans or this branch of trans or, mm-hmm. you know, what's the likelihood of me ever seeing an intersex person mm-hmm. or, you know, and, and just if you know a general definition, is that going to really help you in whatever you're going to assist this person in? And they got into some really great questions and I'm like, that's beyond 101. Yeah. You know, that's really getting into your field work. I'm pretty <clears throat> excited about this. So Jennifer Battle was uh, the lady that's teaching the class, and I kind of talked to her about coming in and doing an interview with us because she's up to some great oh, work. Oh, that's cool. I think, yeah. yeah, she'd be great. Yeah, some great work. So, so I want to pause here for a break, and when we come back, I want to ask you about something that you just brought up. Sure. Um, um, so 
We'll be right back. If you're trans, intersex, or genderqueer, and are a victim of a disaster, we can help with our Trans Disaster Relief Fund. And if you're going to college, university, or trade school, you can apply for one of our scholarships. Located in Houston, Texas, we hold weekly support group meetings and run the only community-owned transgender archive that's open to the public. Also, please keep in mind that our 2018 Houston Transgender Unity Banquet will be held Saturday, September 15, 2018. If you'd like to learn more about any of this, just go to transadvocate.com. Well, some of the upcoming events that we have that you want to put on your calendar is going to be Bunnies on the Bayou. It's their 39th year of fun. Basically, on Easter, you get together and you have a big party that is a fundraiser for groups. And this year, they are going to fund TFA's group called Gender Reel, all the gender films that we like to watch around the year is going to be funded. If you want to volunteer, go to Bunnies on the Bayou if you're in Houston and put yourself on the volunteer list. You get into the event for free and you put that you're volunteering with TFA. And, and, and that's the important part. That you're, you need help. that you're volunteering with TFA. It's really fun. And then you get to uh, be at the event for the rest of the day after your shift. Cool. And one of the films that Gender Real uh, Houston just co-sponsored was... A, a fantastic woman they just had it at the amc this week the attendance went really well go to gender real houston and like their facebook page for any upcoming events or films that they're going to be showing another event to put on your calendar if you're in houston or if you want to travel to houston is houston pride that's going to be june 23rd it's on a saturday we actually build a float the night before we table during Pride on Saturday, and then we walk in the parade on Saturday night. So if you want to volunteer or come and hang out with us during any of that, go to tfahouston.com and volunteer. And we'll probably have some stuff in the history tent also. Yes, mm. in the history mm-hmm. tent, which is also an ACED tent. It's very popular <laughs> in the Houston heat. So Megan was on with Spectrum South, and I wanted to highlight that her event um, is March 29th, the reshaping what feminine identity looks like that's gonna be at uh shared space i'm trying to look for the address it's gonna be thursday march 29th at seven you can just go in like spectrum south but shared space is at 2201 preston street if you're in houston i mentioned that the gender book is doing a p-flag talk that's gonna be march 11th from two to 4:30, PFLAG Houston has a lot of their speakers' videos on their website. So if you're not from Houston but you still want that sort of community, look up pflaghouston.com. Cool, man! Thank you for getting that stuff together. You're welcome. <laughs> it's spring, and we're starting to spring. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's you. You mentioned the 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 term safe space. It's a and, term, and. There's another term that is usually uh, denigrated along with the, that, uh, that idea on the right, on the political right, and that is identity politics. Um, you know, that, that the real problem affecting our political world today is this idea of identity politics. Um, if you know who Jordan Peterson is, he says that identity politics is the number one hmm. issue hmm. 
facing our political world today. And, uh, you know, that he, Jordan Peterson is quite mainstream. Um, and the people who follow him, um, generally agree with all of the interesting, um, kind of ideas that he puts out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I wanted to talk to you guys about what you think of, you know, is identity politics really toxic? And do we as trans people even have a choice at having a politic that is situated around transness? You know, do we have a choice in our culture to not be trans politically? One, one, of, one of the real problems that I have with, with things like identity politics, et cetera, is you never quite define what that means. <laughs> you never define what identity politics means, or you never define what the, the identity being political means. What does the word identity politics or the words identity politics mean? I've heard tons of definitions, and they seem to be very variable depending on what people want them to mean. It make. seems to me, so from my perspective, identity politics is everything that is not white, not that is not white, cis, heteronormative. And see, that's a problem because those I would think were all identity politics terms, if you will, mm. that would have identity politics associated with them. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. If you are heteronormative within our political culture, you if you are not queer, you, you don't have to go word. around saying, uh, I'm not queer. Mm -hmm. I, I need to come out. I'm not queer. You don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. But that's a choice that people make to do that. You don't have to do that if you are queer. Well, one of the problems sort is, of. If, the if you are living at home and you're a kid and... Um, you know, you need to come out or you need to come out to your family or you need to come out to whatever system of support you have. Mm -hmm. Well, but it is a choice, no. but sometimes it's not a choice in the, in the, I like the libertarian, uh, free will connotation of choice. No, I, I mean, I disagree with you. And mm. one of the things that I see people do all the time mm -hmm. and I totally disagree with is uh -huh. they are not people. Because that's gotcha. not what they lead with. I mean, I'm a person. Uh -huh. The rest of it just fill in the blank stuff mm -hmm. for, you know, other things underneath. And, you know, I, I've had people ask me, mm -hmm. uh, well, well, what are you? And I'm like, a person. <laughs> yep. And they're like, well, no, that's not what I mean. I'm like, well, so what do you want right me to be, there, a rabbit? Or, right, I mean, come but, on. Right. But that, what you're expressing, I've noticed seems to be a very millennial type of... Uh, I'm not a millennial. I, I know you're not, but <laughs> a very millennial type of take on things like, yeah, don't pigeonhole me. I'm not going to be this or that. I'm just me. And, and I think the world will be much better if we start throwing more of that in. Because, I mean, I, I know people, we all do, who want to label everybody mm -hmm. into boxes. Mm -hmm. Sure. You have to have an infinite number of boxes. Mm -hmm. I would have to be like... Gender fluid number 864 <laughs> version. <laughs> and then I got to have four more versions later tonight right. because I'm changing and it shifts around. I, I mean, the, the real key is that if you don't deal with people as human beings, there's something wrong with you, in well, my opinion. Okay, so the response to that would be 
okay, do women in our culture have a choice to just be people? Yes. Whenever they're at work, does the Time's Up movement show that the truth is that women can just be people, not women, just people in corporate America, in, uh, in their churches, in their wait, day-to-day. Wait, wait, stop, stop. Yes. You're talking religion. That has nothing to do with anybody called anyone's culture except that religion's, and that's a choice. Sure-ish, ish, if they're indoctrinated into that religion. It's still a choice. Sure. There are choo- very few places <laughs> where you're actually chained up. Notice I said very few. I didn't say none. <laughs> and they do exist. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> but, but, you know, and, and you can get out of that if you can actually get a message out. <laughs> but, but in general, so, you can walk away. So does a non-binary person have the choice to not be perceived by culture as non-binary? Do, does wait, a woman... wait, wait. Now you're, okay. now you're going with, does, do they have a choice of well, other people's perception? No, that, no, no. Let me that, finish. Stop. Okay, go ahead. They, do they have a choice of other people's perception? No, they don't. Of course. Of you course. you mm-hmm. never have a choice mm-hmm. of other people's perception. Right. You can try to influence it. You can do that. And see, what you did is what I hear the people who want to argue that, well, I have to be, mm-hmm. you know, something mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Do that. No, you don't have to be. And, you know, it, it, it's like being a person is actually really simple. Mm-hmm. You're just whoever you are. Now, if people want to discuss how you do things and how you perceive things and your gender, if you want, mm-hmm, or your gender mm-hmm. identity or your mm-hmm. sexuality and all like that, if you choose to discuss that, that's just something about you. Sure. And that part, I think, is not the millennial part. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. part, I think, is age, wisdom, and education. Cause wait a I second. Watched... Are, are you a millennial? Ma- 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Millennial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not vanilla, but I am a millennial. Yes. <laughs> barely. <laughs> and, <laughs> barely. I'm at the top of the chain. But, uh. um, and, but I, I watched Alexis link this back to, back to mm. your other question mm-hmm. before was, you know, how did we talk to candidates? Like mm-hmm. if you're looking at the constitution, yeah. it starts with we, we the people. The people. Mm-hmm. And, That's it. And, That's and, and I have a t-shirt that our mm-hmm. t-shirt, a sweatshirt so that everybody wants to steal. If you believe in the constitution, you believe in we the people. So the, but, the the response that I see to that argument, which I don't necessarily disagree with, mm-hmm. uh, and the reason why I don't necessarily disagree with that is because I don't know that I necessarily disagree with the response to that. And the response is, does culture give you the choice to just be we the people? Does culture allow a black person to just be a person? Does culture allow women the ability to just be people does culture allow a non-binary person an intersex person a baby that is born intersex does that does culture allow that person to just be a person yes and i believe it does that does Mm -hmm. not mean your life will be perfect that does Mm -hmm. not mean you won't have challenges your challenges are going to be different than anyone else's Mm. guess what there's nobody in this world whose challenges aren't different than anyone else's sure sure now the concern I have is that frequently I see all of those things you talked about mm-hmm. used as excuses. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you got ahead because you don't have these whatevers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Forget about the fact that you worked your butt off and you have all sorts sure. of problems and you're right, barely right, scraping right, right, by. Right. And you always oh, forget about all that because you are not, you don't have my problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other hand, 
sometimes those problems actually give you some advantage. Sure. The, the key is that, you know, you can't use it as excuses. You've just got to be who you are. And generally that seems to work out. Now, mm. interestingly enough, most people who like labels label other people. I, I've noticed that <laughs> they don't label especially themselves. On, on social media. Yes. They, you know, I mean, I'm perfectly okay if somebody wants to say, Hey, I'm a freckle person. Mm-hmm. Now, if they want to say, well, you know, you're a freckle person. Suddenly I don't like this as much. Mm-hmm. None of so, their freaking business. Well, uh, so, okay. Let me put it a different way. Does uh, a handicapped person uh, have the ability to just be, a person in our culture or does culture make them uh, part of their facticity as being a handicapped person, meaning that they so, have. So let's say you can't see. Okay, sure. That's an easy one. Been there, done that several times in my life for long periods of time. Yes, you are absolutely right. Yes. You know, I mean, that's why I picked that one. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a choice. Mm-hmm. You can be blind and not do anything mm-hmm. or you can figure out how to make it work. Right. I right. have a lot of friends that had no clue that I was blind for multiple weeks not mm-hmm. that long ago. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. When I decided to stop driving, it was a really good thing. Yes. <laughs> we all thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was a really good thing. Probably should have happened earlier. <laughs> I mean, I can just know. picture someone listening to this podcast. <laughs> they're they're, they're like, wait a second. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, they, I distinctly remember one evening that i was sort of in deep shit because i was blind in some place i didn't know where i was but robin happened to show up i remember that yeah <laughs> and, yeah and i yeah. you know found my way out of wherever it was right. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, but but you know it's like sure you could sit there and just moan and groan etc um most people, as they get older, are going to have things like joint pains. They're going to make things hurt a lot. And yeah, it, it, it's a pain in the butt, but you don't have to go with that. So you, uh, the one thing that I want to distinguish here that seems to be you're saying that identifying as so you're saying there's there's a difference between identifying the fact, the facticity that my body has this issue. And there's that's one thing. That is different than saying, I have this issue, and therefore, X, Y, Z, A, B, and C, blah, 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 right. blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I have heard people say that they have an issue that is, mm-hmm. you know, just sure. just an issue. I mean, it mm-hmm. could be blind, it could be they can't hear, they mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they have a handicap or something, or maybe they're different sexuality than anyone else and therefore they can't right Mm -hmm. at which point i'm like why not gotcha you know now once again if you're blind you probably shouldn't be driving your car (laughs) 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 you know the curb feeler routine isn't the best way to find your way home if you're listening listening and or a recovering drug addict or alcoholic (laughs) you will know exactly what you're talking about You know, right. all I can say is, you know, it, it's the way it is. That seems to be like the first thing they want to do when they get drunk or high is, ooh, I think yeah, I should let me, drive. Let me line, align <laughs> let the me middle of the drive. hood to the right. lines. Yeah. I got this. Road. I can do anything. You don't yeah, hear any excuses then. <laughs> right. It's and, always the next day. <laughs> but I say that, that's a little later mm-hmm. when that happens. Okay. And, and you know, and, and but, but the key is, 
which one do you lead with? Mm. Are you a person that has these issues? Or are you a person that is different because of? And different, by the way, for me is usually good rather than bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, or are you this thing that someplace way down in this chain of defining yourself as a person? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't go with that. Uh, you know, and and the key is I've never found anyone that doesn't have something that is a positive special. Well, interestingly, so I, you know, and this is just me as a Gen Xer looking at the millennial culture. And that is, it seems millennial culture has this duality where it likes differences and it likes like saying, okay, these are the various things that make me different that I have difficulty with that and or that I excel at at the same time. Yeah. Don't call me gay. Don't call me. I'm queer. Don't call me this or that. that. That's just because they wanted to tweak the baby boomers. (laughs) (laughs) It took me years to get over that. (laughs) Worked out really well. (laughs) Meaning like, you know, yeah, I have all these things about me, but don't peg me into one specific box over here. I am not one specific things. I'm also all these other things. It's not just this one ex- one specific well, thing. I am all of these other things. Something just occurred to me that hasn't occurred mm. to me before, and, and that is that you know if you need something that is very specific, always this way. Yes. That's what computers are for. <laughs> We can yes, do computers and robots to yes. be that it's repeatable, et cetera. What we need uh-huh. people for is to be different. Mm. I, I, you know, you all have heard me say this. If, if I'm putting together a board for a company, I don't need six people like me. Right. I can handle the me version. Right. I need other people that think of things that I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a wonderful thing. Other times it's like, I have no clue what that even means. But the <laughs> key is you need sense. the differences. You need the, the variations. You need the well, diversity. Of course. Yes, yes. And yes. The whole bit. Well, a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people want, you know, everyone to wear the same kind of tie, same kind of shirt, have the same haircut, have the same skin tone, have the same way of speaking and all that. They, a lot of people, the, the, that's there, what they want. There are a lot and of people. that's really yucky in me. In my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. So you said how the millennials are. How would you describe the Gen okay, Xers? So, let me like uh, it, let me comparison. contrast it with my generation, right, right. Uh, Gen X. So my entry into advocacy uh, of of being there for the community and stuff was um, caring for AIDS patients that were dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my entry into uh, that and uh, recovering drug addicts. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were my kind of two big things that I was very interested in um, as a teen, uh, early 20s. Um, and what I found is that it was very important. Like the biggest thing about me at that time, or for instance, the biggest thing about a person dying of AIDS is that they're a person dying of AIDS. Mm-hmm. And they are defined by that in sometimes very horrific ways, mm-hmm. you know, they are rejected. There's no not coming out about that. Right. And specifically in the 80s, if you have AIDS, you're a faggot. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no, you know, yes, Ryan White was a thing. People knew about Ryan White. Um, but the, the talking points were, 
Yeah, but Ryan White didn't do anything to deserve it. Mm-hmm. Whereas everyone else apparently did something to do, deserve it. And so my generation... Did you buy least, into that? Um, what, what do you mean by buy into? Did you buy into the they did it something to deserve it? No, no, God, no. What I bought into was this person's life was defined by a lot of assholes and was really making their last days pretty goddamn miserable and lonely and that this person you know was carrying a ton of shame and guilt and they were you know going through this process i mean dying unexpectedly is not something that is easy well and so and so for me as a gen xer kind of that's my entry into the world of advocacy Mm -hmm. and so um for for me as part of that kind of movement those right. people coming into advocacy through this very specific queer nation uh-huh. you know that those kinds of movements were the movements that were defining kind of larger progressive movements and so it was very important to be able to not just say okay yes i'm i'm queer it was fuck you i'm queer mm-hmm. you know it was like, take this identity that is being shoved down your throat and has been used against you mm-hmm. and turn it into something that you can be proud of. Yeah, act up. Act up. Um, pride, pride right. events, right. those kinds of things. And so for my generation, having an identity that you, in other words, you're... you're, you're ability to come to an identity is that I am different in this way and this is how my culture defines me mm-hmm. and okay I'm going to take that and make it my own right um is different it seems as a generic gen xer looking at the millennials than the gen xers going yeah you know I'm queer which means that, you know, I'm non-binary, I prefer they, um, but I also, I'm more lesbian, but then, you know, it's like they take all of these various aspects, a mosaic Mm -hmm. of identities, and kind of go, these are all truths, but don't cram me into any one box. Don't make me just this one thing or just that one thing. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I'm all these things mm-hmm. kind of a mentality, which seems a little bit more different mm-hmm. than the type of advocacy that I came up in. Oh, because it is. Mm. I mean, people aren't dying as much as they used to. Sure. Uh, some of my elders would argue that that's why they came out. So that way people could explore. There was no they... choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you had to. Right. So. Um, I'm 35 years old and I grew up in half of California and half of Texas. So in California, you know, they have this sort of, we're open minded, uh, like language mentality, right? Right. Like, like we get it. Don't forget you've got to do it their way. Right. You know, exactly. Like we get it. You're gay. We get get, the whole thing. Right. Right. And and then in Texas, I, I mean, I, got a very quick sense, a very strong sense that, you know, my only access 
to what community was, was Ellen on TV, Melissa Etheridge through the radio. Mm, mm -hmm. I could find queer voices maybe if I randomly stumbled upon it. I didn't have internet. Boys don't cry. You know, like a lot of our movies were like, if you're gay, you're going to be a hate crime, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. or a tragedy. Sure. But I didn't have access to documentaries or knowing what AIDS was. Now, you know, my partner... Jay is just four years older than I am. And she had an uncle that died of AIDS Mm, and mm -hmm. all of his friend died. Mm -hmm, All of it, all mm -hmm. of his friends died of AIDS. So she had a direct contact of this is what it's like to have the gay uncle that, that she loved and Mm -hmm. she went to drag bars with and all of his friends, you know, made her look like the prettiest girl ever and stuff. And, you know, and then, and then just died, you know? Um, So I think, I think for millennials, the history that you were thrown into that you had advocacy in that you stood for literally died. Like they disappeared. We, you know, you have to actually go look at an archive or go watch a documentary to see what happened. Right. And, and honestly, some of us didn't educate ourselves on what happened and, and, and that's privilege to a large extent. I have plenty of gay male friends that, you know, they're, they don't consider having like HIV to be a bad thing anymore. Like they don't consider right. barebacking like, you know, a life or death situation. They mm. consider it an every time option, you know? I mean, and if something comes up, then you just, you know, you, you get a pill or you deal with it afterwards or you have a little, Hey, they have a house in Virginia. And so your friends know that you have H a house in Virginia IV. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I okay, mean, gotcha. I mean, it's not the same as it used to be on a lot of different levels. And I think, I think there's an experience gap, like a lived experience mm-hmm. gap. And, um, but you know, I've been told by quite a few of my elders, you know, we came out so you can discover yourself, you know, like mm. we, we did the policy walks. So you didn't have to, you know, we, you know, like there's a lot of spent time in and there's still a lot more to do for sure, but we don't have any experience of that. You know, when I came out, it was don't be a hate crime. Um, I could be out and open with the people I chose to sleep with. Uh, being queer was an advocacy thing because I'll tell you, I had plenty of lesbian friends that don't want to associate with queers. And I had plenty of uh, lesbian friends and gay friends that didn't want to associate with me the minute I had queer friends or trans friends. Oh, so you know Mm -hmm. it wasn't a solidarity thing. It you know and and queer uh, as a pejorative in in the South. And for the longest time, me saying queer, I had a lot of gays and lesbians talk to me and say, "Are are you taking us back? Like, are Mm. you know we've already come so far. We're really close to gay marriage." Why would you even take it a different direction and call yourself queer? So queer got erased from a lot of history because there, there has been queer, there is queer history just as there's trans history, mm-hmm. but it got erased in a lot of ways. Well, one of the things when, when I presume it's millennials or some of the young people, I'll just put it that way, started using queer, mm-hmm. mm. they completely ignored the fact. And then at, at first that that was an insult, right? Mm. The word queer, most of my life was an insult, and it was pretty much the worst insult you could have. Yeah, it's the word that you're getting shouted out. Then, a year or so after they started using queer, they started saying, oh, we're reclaiming it. 
Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't know whether that's the way it was originally or if they just discovered that, oh, this is a problem, but we're going to stick with it, et cetera. Depends and, on who you talk to. Like if you're at a college level and you and you research queer history and you feel like this is what resonates with you the most because you weren't going to be whitewashed, you weren't going to be, you know, uh, the Dick and Jane version to get your, you know, <laughs> constructed marriage rights. Like, you know, I mean, there, there are like some really rebellious queers mm. Or millennials like to reclaim stuff. I mean, we're well, known for like, you know, <laughs> and it's not just queer millennials. It's like a lot of different terms, yeah, you know. Yeah. But one of the things I think that does disturb me a little bit is that the mm. queer history that I hear people talk about mm. that are several years back, mm-hmm. that wasn't queer history. That's right. just something that was like queer. And for, for instance, they, they re, uh, you know, basically there was very little... Um, positive about the term queer Mm -hmm. for a good period of time from probably Mm -hmm. early 70s through late 80s maybe even 90s Mm -hmm. it you know there was very little positive because it was simply an insult now Mm -hmm. a lot of people i have heard pick up the stuff that was in the uh, non-gender binary Uh and and the sort Mm -hmm. of weird type you know Mm -hmm. things and they're like oh that's queer history well, that's not what it was called at the time. Right, right, <laughs> and, right. And, well, and so, you know, and, and I, I think that's one of the things. I mean, I, I honestly don't care, mm-hmm. but it's sort of like, hang on a minute. Just make sure you understand that you're appropriating that well, into the term. To uh, be fair, I, yeah. like, I have always used the label queer the minute mm. I knew about it because I didn't associate with the lesbian box and I didn't associate with the gay box. Not to, not to... um you know, put down or erase any history, but just to say who I was, and at the same time, by, by holding that label in the South, I acknowledge that I put myself in a certain, uh, what? B- like less safe box. You know, I put mm. myself in a less populated box in the South. I mean, the fact that Spectrum South is just doing a launch in, you know, 2000 oh, right? <laughs> and like, you know, did just this last summer, it, that's still really bold. You know, mm. I mean, what, you guys what, were telling him about like, get ready for all the hate mail. You're oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, I know that Megan and, and, and all the writers, I know that they know that they know of that, but they haven't in real life experienced right. those, mm-hmm. those what? death threats, those, those haters, <laughs> those things like that, you know? And, and, and so, so there's a, there's a gap in lived experience but we've we've heard of it and we don't i haven't seen anyone take a well, queer label like um and and use it f- f- frivolously you know yeah. what i'm saying in the well, south but, but here's one of the questions like when you're talking about when you started mm-hmm. uh identifying yourself as queer which mm-hmm. was like 2008 okay see that, that that's the thing if you mm-hmm. go back well before that mm-hmm. that was a not a comfortable ago. thing now as i said yeah. it took me two or three years to right. not be tweaked when someone right. used the term right. now i'm a strong supporter of be whatever you want to be right sure uh, you know you identify like, yourself i grew I'm up good in the time it. i grew up in the time where people were saying okay well i'm going to reclaim the n-word because this is we're taking our power back mm-hmm. like there's a lot of people that really disagree with that movement right. you know yeah. like right. there's a lot of, on both sides white or black they're like please just don't bring back the n-word like Uh. don't do that you know and i feel like queer was one of those things except for 
there mm-hmm. is a lot of queer history and there are a lot of and the people who are queer identified are the people who are still willing to further the politics and not leave minorities behind where the advocacy part comes in because i feel like a lot of the gay and lesbian people and this is not a put down but it's just my experience is the gay and lesbian people were completely fine with just gay marriage so it's interesting okay so um, as I'm like sitting here thinking, construction. <laughs> back, back, no, back, back whenever in the eighties and early nineties, whenever I recall queer mm-hmm. being kind of a thing as in queer nation and, you know, radical this very queer radical theories, queer you know? kind of like thing, even then though, it was put out into the, you know, culture. It wasn't a term that a lot of us like identified with it wasn't like it it it, it seemed like it wasn't until maybe the mid 90s late 90s that really people started to personally identify as queer it seemed like especially in the early 90s you know i am gay i am lesbian i am bi Mm -hmm. i am this i am that and and you know normally up until about the time you're talking about kristen you know, I always heard the word fucking or, you know, right. or queer asshole. I mean, it, it always had yeah. something with it, you know, sure, <laughs> like, sure. which was not good and made it even sure. worse. And and it was basically an insult. Sure. And, and it was still an insult when I used it in 2008. You yeah. know, I mean, I had when when I would go around and say I teach at the trans center and mm-hmm. they're like, are you trans? And I would say yes. And they're like, but you're not taking any hormones. And I said, well, I'm more of a queer spectrum. And I said, don't say that around my kid. Why would you ever say that around my kid? Don't That's say queer. You can say trans, <laughs> but you can't say queer. Well, and, you know, and, and, or, you know, that, you know that, that's like, you know, other terms. You know, fortunately, I actually huh. think it's sort of funny because I watched the term queer go from an okay thing mm-hmm. in the 60s, mm-hmm. early 60s, mm-hmm. to a not okay mm-hmm. thing in mm-hmm. the late 60s on up through the 80s, mm-hmm. and then back to an okay thing. And I actually find that sort of interesting. And it's Spectrum South's launch in uh, last summer here in the South. Like, what I watched very diligently about, you know, what kind of magazine articles were they putting out? Who was, who was outing themselves? I mean, we didn't get the Houston Equal Rights Ordinance, and now this radical magazine comes out like i care about these people right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and when they threw their launch party and i got to actually see them in person and people holding these labels of queer it what it was like what megan's saying is it's an inclusive term it's an inclusive umbrella of just saying you know we're just going to be community and we're going to be included okay because if we're telling the truth a lot we have a lot of micro uh uh, what do you say? Uh, microaggressions in our G's, L's, B's, T's, Q's. Like we do have that, right? We can like, be shitty to each other. Yeah, sure. I, yeah. I think a lot uh, of them are fairly uh, macro. Exactly. Micro. Right, They're right, bigger than right, micro. Right. And then, and then you get to the T and like, it just like, we never, well, it's political expedience all the time. So, so we, we have, you know, and, and I think that that, that, that part for me never sat well, which is why I couldn't sit with a bunch of lesbians. You know, mm. now does my driver's license say female? Yes. Does my partner's driver's license say female? Yes. Could we technically get married? We don't want those rights. You know, mm. we don't want we don't want that construction. You know, and so like that's queer. That's not your your typical people. Okay, so bringing it back to the question of identity politics, mm-hmm. what then? Okay, you're saying that you live within this queer framework. Mm-hmm. Obviously, queer is part of your identity. And uh, certainly, your 
it is a political decision to to reject yes marriage to, yeah yes to you know so now is it political or social there it's i don't i would argue that it would be very difficult to very cleanly distinguish social and political um and anything like a neat and tidy way of course it is and i mean i have i have a cluster of friends that are queer identified and the minute gay marriage got solidified people looked at each other and they're like "Mm -mm." Hmm. no like don't you dare like we get that rights came about we're grateful for the work Mm -hmm. but there's still more work to be done you know and back to what you're saying like you know we still know that Houston's rates of HIV are increasing. We still know that policy doesn't include everyone, you know, under the umbrella. So, like we still care about those okay, things. So, We're not like all hitched so and hanging is out. It, and is it back the problem to that those things exist that, mm-hmm. that you just listed off? Mm-hmm. Is it that those problems exist and that we live in a culture that a significant portion of the culture right. isn't invested in perpetuating those things either through, neglect or whatever uh meaning that's an issue they don't just they fucking don't care about it um or whatever queers don't want to be normalized so so is it is it that that's the problem Mm -hmm. or is the queer identity the problem is your identity as a queer person the problem or is it that these things exist out there that you have identified as being uh, oppressive to Mm -hmm. you and to your community. Mm -hmm. Whether I identify as queer or not, those, those problems, those oppressions would still exist. Okay. You know, and, and, and I do identify as queer, you know, like I see the, I see the oppressions and I shape my life to live as workable as possible in the South, you know, within those oppressions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, is it a choice? Yes. It's my mental sanity. It's my uh, physical declaration. It's, Hmm. you know, the way I vote. It's the way that I have conversations, you know, now. and, And do I get to choose how people perceive me? Absolutely not. Can I create a lot of tools where people would be educated that there's more people and more diversity, you know, to be seen than what they see? Mm -hmm. I will, I will give my life for that, Mm. you know, and is that an average regular person? I don't think so, but I would love for more people to, to do their expressions. And, and there's plenty of really great people that are cis and heteronormative that, that create awesome tools. There are plenty of great people in the sexual and gender spectrum that do that too. It's not just queers. So I want to wrap up this conversation, but before we do that, I want to come back to Alexis. So as a baby boomer, boomer, who's, who's had to, (laughs) to, to identify. So Jesus Christ. I mean, so as a baby boomer, especially as a baby boomer who has been part of these very various communities that have changed labels and reinvented labels and blah, 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 blah. What is it like for you to view identity politics? Well, to begin with, I think identity politics are a very good way for people to talk you into putting yourself in a small box so that you have actually less 
personal strength and personal authority mm. and personal power. We could have said that to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> so I choose not to go there. Mm-hmm. But you have to remember, um, when, when I came out, I was just special because we didn't have words for it. <laughs> so it's <laughs> and, and special. But, but be specific. What year are you talking about? I'm talking about 1955. 1955. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We didn't have a lot of these words. In fact, so this I'd is... never heard the word gay at that point right. in my right, life. Right, right. Of course. And then as it got a little bit further through somewhere or other, right. I heard the word gay. And we were all gay. Everything mm. that we now sort of consider what I would say under a queer spectrum or under a, I don't want to be identified as any little box or anything else. Mm-hmm. We were all gay. That was I the mean, only term there was. I didn't even hear about the word trans until I was out of high school. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and yeah. trans didn't come around until much later. So mm-hmm. then after uh, Stonewall and after some rights started to be bestowed on quote gays, the split showed up with the homosexuals, the transgender, and the uh, lesbians because mm-hmm. everybody wanted to be a little more special, and and that's all fine. And so mm-hmm. suddenly there were other terms that came along, mm-hmm. and at at that point, then the trans people became queer for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. <laughs> you know, and, and then that sort of became an insult, and we became something else. And in the 70s, we became trans. And <laughs> Now, I didn't change what I was. <laughs> you know, I've been pretty much the same most of my life. But other people decided to change the word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really care about labels that much, mm-hmm. because if you really tried to label me, it would take us forever, and I'd be covered with labels. <laughs> uh, you know. And if you look at the gender book, Alexis... Uh, <laughs> highlights all the different decades and what it was like to go yeah. through it. And one of the things that I loved that she said is some decades were better than others. Hmm. Yeah. And, hmm. you know, some hmm. of them sucked. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, I, we talked a little bit about AIDS and, and that uh-huh. sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Where it was scary was when we didn't know what it was. It's just mm-hmm. friends are dying mm-hmm. and they're dying a horrible death and there's no way to fix it. Yeah, Nobody it's has a not just that one over here or one over there. When, it's like yeah. people when, left and right. A, I mean, in all is, fairness, who cares what your label is at that point? Yeah. People yeah. are dying. That's it. And you're not getting any and, medication that you could get mm-hmm. or any government the, there, support. There is no medication. Numbers, no government support. No Everyone else support is in sort of denial and it's sort of okay with them. It's like really okay with them. And, you know, some of them see it as a positive, as a matter of fact, yes. especially the church did, people. It reminds they? me of a, a poster that was really popular back then. It was a poster of Reagan, and it had all these circles around it. It kind of le- looked like a target, and the, the and, and it said on, on the other side, it says, he kills me, you know, and, <laughs> and, and you know, but specific to Queer Nation, specific mm, yes. to that movement, that was such a powerful well, statement because yep. and and it sounds funny but once people started coming out with okay this is what it is and this is how you can get it mm-hmm. it got drastically less scary everyone's still going to die if they get it but <laughs> right. at least you had least some you information mm-hmm. and you know now it was like okay we we sort of understand it more mm-hmm. we understood virtually nothing about mm-hmm. AIDS and mm-hmm. and you know and that but at least there was some little piece. And then once it popped up that, okay, it sort of starts out as HIV and, mm-hmm. and some of the other stuff, 
it kept getting better, even though all your friends were still dying. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it was one of those things. So, so, you know, that whole period of time, that really sucked to mm-hmm. be really blunt. Yeah. Right. But on the other hand, you almost had to be out because that's the only way you could make sure that you knew what was going on around you. Right. Right. And so, you know, it, it, those were sort of bad periods, but on then we had a lot of stuff where we were getting rid of all the laws before that 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 basically said they can put us in jail for mm-hmm. looking at each other twice, right, <laughs> right, know, right, right. Or how many pieces of clothing you had to have right. on yes, that yes, were yes. specifically gendered, yes. and right. and around yeah. what years are we talking about right now? In those, those would be in the sixties through the seventies okay. mm-hmm. time frame, and and then. When did Houston's laws go away? I wasn't here. So Houston's laws went away, I want to say, in uh, the late 70s, early 80s. No, it was, uh, I want to say, like, 80, 70, like, either 79, 80, 81, 82, something like that. Yeah, because that was the zipper on the front versus the side law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Zipper Uh wrong the place, you go to jail. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. really simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So women, (laughs) cops come into a bar, women go to the bathroom, turn their pants around, come back out. Okay. (laughs) Again, if you're in the wrong place, you go to jail. But what happens if you're wearing one on the side? (laughs) Then you're in trouble. Doesn't (laughs) help. (laughs) You're going to jail. Put both legs (laughs) into one pants. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 you know, the, the thing that's so interesting about it is if you have, any brain cells at all that, <laughs> that are the least bit logical when you think about it the fact that the label inside whether it said these pants were designed for male or female that would make it criminal or non-criminal to uh, wear them yeah this this yeah, is yeah, yeah. just one of those absurd <laughs> things and it was everywhere right uh-huh. and, and so you know that was actually pretty good because just regularly again the there's a lot of lived experience <laughs> to like yeah and 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 you know what one of the reasons tunics were really nice is because they couldn't see where the zippers were mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I, I i i wanted to pause and just say one thing i i one thing i really enjoy about this podcast and the things that we do and the perspectives that we have is this kind of uh multi-generational perspective where um you know it's just not a millennial uh, perspective. It's just not, uh, you know, it. It's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, lived, um, you know, perspectives, realities, histories, all of that right. kind of stuff. Well, we're individual people, each of us, but we and, and we occupy and frequent large amounts of communities. But you also said that word people. This is back to my identity <laughs> politics. <laughs> we're I'm, people. I'm, I'm sticking with the fact we're people, we're and people. boy, are we different than each other. But that doesn't mean bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And I, I, I just told my friend. He's, you know, he says, he says, you're so political, and I'm like, I, <laughs> you know, am I? I mean, if you took human off the chopping block, I'd really have to research like your tax policy or your flood damage plan. <laughs> Or whatever. Like, I actually don't think I'm that political. I just don't uh, want people to be killed. Don't get don't your get politics crazy. around me. Don't get crazy. Oh, God. You don't want to yeah. die? Yeah. Oh, God. That's back to my thing. You know, I mean, yeah. if you want to kill me, we don't need to talk about the rest of your politics. All right. All right. <laughs> it's you just know? straightforward because I just can't support you. Yeah. yeah. So here we are. All right. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to another Trans Advocate podcast. Um, We'll be back next week. And remember to go to the Trans Advocate, fill out um, your uh, entry form, and we will announce 
a winner, what, next podcast? The podcast after? I thought we were going to give it a month on each oh, thing we're giving right. away. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like you Oprah. Said, uh, you get a prize. Like, you, you get, get a, a prize. prize. <laughs> you get a prize. No, we don't have that. Everyone gets a prize. So we'll announce the, the prize out. in, uh, what, April? I don't believe April? Oprah. I think she's going to run. I don't believe her. <laughs> we're back to politics. Oh. <laughs> Why are you so political? She says, yeah. She's, it's Oprah. Come on. Am I really that political? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs> All right. Hey, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another edition of the Trans Advocate Podcast. We are a project of the Transgender Foundation of America, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Your support makes what we do possible. Resistance means nothing without supporting elected officials who won't attack trans, intersex, and queer children in our schools. They can't vote, so you're going to have to do it for them. If you live in the U.S. and are not registered to vote, we can help you with that at our site. Register and vote, no matter what. The Trans Advocate Podcast was produced by Kristen Williams. All rights reserved. The Trans Advocate is a project of the Transgender Foundation of America, a 501c3 nonprofit. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Trans Advocate or the Transgender Foundation of America.